Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woke Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 168th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woke and Free Wednesday, you know that Woke and Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week's kind of serious because we're discussing what's going on at the border. So before we dive deep into that, a very deep conversation. It's your favorite time of the day. It's Tasha's monologue. So without further ado, let's get started. Good job. Exactly. So first, we want to make sure that you have not only you're not only listening to this episode, but you've downloaded it from WokenFree.com through the Podbean app. And if you've done that, Bravo, you're amazing, because that's the number one way to show support, because that's how you're able to join the conversation, which is what we love to have. We want to have your ability to add in your comments, and the only way to do that is through the app, so make sure you do that. Now, if you're listening, but you're like, Tosh, Khalil, we love you, we need you, can't get another app situation on my phone, or whatever you're listening to this on, It's okay, a little bit of tears, but make sure that you are subscribed and follow to the show on whatever platform you're listening to. So we have a lot, tons of support on iTunes, on TuneIn, on Stitcher, on Google Play. We have love from our SoundCloud, our YouTube channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, we're on 30 plus channels, so just pick your channel of flavor (laughs) and make sure that you, again, are subscribed and followed to whatever place you're catching this on. Now, when it comes to sharing, sharing is caring, absent COVID-19, especially now more than ever, guys, it's getting scary outside. (laughs) But also with some other things like any of those isms, racism, uh, bigotry, uh, discrimination, like any of that stuff, cut it out. Uh, We can be better. But you know what you can share? You can totally share Woken Free. Why? More now than ever, people need to be able to have a woke and free conversation about what's going on in the world, especially with today's top or this week's topic. So make sure you're sharing and getting the word out. You can text the link to the episode. You can, if you're subscribed to the show via email, you can send out that, direct people to wokenfree.com, share posts on social media, whatever you got to do, spread the word because there's no bigger ambassador than you. So thank you for all the love and support and the sharing that you will do in advance. Now, when it comes to social media, you can easily connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, you heard it. TikTok and Pinterest at Woken Free. And of course, if you have like 90 seconds, please review the show. Why this is critical because this is how you help to get the word out by essentially more reviews, more people can see the show. And then also we'd learn a little bit more about how the show is impacting you, which is critical for us because we do this for y'all. So make sure you're doing that. So where do you do that? Just go to welcomefree.com, pick, go to the listen tab, and then you can pick your kind of place where you want to review the show at. And, uh, we thank you for our five star reviews. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Good messaging there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, short of, uh, being subliminal. Why just not just be direct? I'm kind of a direct person. So. Not kind of, actually am. So <laughs> yeah, it's either you are or you're not. True yeah. that. I I do love a direct approach. So, you know, I think with that, I'll be direct by saying scene end. Then I'll be direct by saying it's time to talk about us. Right? Of course. That's very direct. Mm-hmm. Because you know what we do. Before we dive into the topic, we have 
the question of the day. And last time we asked, would you rather have a jacuzzi in your bedroom or a secret room in your house? This week we're asking, would you rather eat ice cream every day for a year or go without ice cream for two years? I mean, I don't understand why you're asking these questions, but the answer to, for me, at least, would be ice cream every day because life is too short not to have ice cream. See, it tells, that's the thing. So think about it. That just shares how much of a foodie and uh, how much I have horrible eating habits. But it tells something <laughs> different. It tells something about your soul that you kind of like ice cream so much that People you couldn't go without it. know that I'm a sugar fiend. I mean, they know that. Yeah. I've, I've curtailed so many, so much more than I, I mean, more than I've ever in my entire life, but yeah. Okay. And then. For you? For me, I would probably go without it for the two years because I don't, I mean, ice cream is good, but that's not my favorite dessert. Then I'm also trying to lower my dairy intake. So if it was coconut milk based, then I could I which would do it every day. Yeah, which you didn't say it couldn't be. So yeah, true. So if it's as long as it's not the cow based, then I'm okay. Yeah, because yeah, I can't do the crazy cow. Yeah, to do that every day, you're gonna it's gonna cause some digestive issues. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. If it's if it's an alternative, then I could do it. But I I could actually yeah I, I would let's I would still as long as it's not dairy, I would do it every day. That's mm-hmm. the only way though. Because it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a big impact on me. Unlike this next topic, I mean, this is very impactful and mm-hmm. impacts everybody. And we're talking about the U.S., though, when we talk about this Correct. next question, yes. right? Just mm-hmm. to make it From clear. the United States, what's yeah, going on? So what yeah. our first question we're going to tackle is what's going on at the U.S. border. Mm. Yeah, so... It's really sad uh, because I was hoping when doing a bit of research to answer this question that I was going to be pleasantly surprised and be like, wow, you know, like things at the U.S. border have gotten better or, you know, that people are not being still kind of families aren't being still ripped apart uh, unnecessarily and cruelly uh, for no reason at all. But unfortunately, that is not the answer that I came across. So. There was an article in October of this year in the New York Times that said parents of the the headline of the article was parents of 545 children separated at the border cannot be found. And uh, the article went on to talk a little bit more about breaking down the stats, for instance, saying like about 60 of the children were under the age of five when they were separated, according to the documents that were shared, that hundreds of these families, the new filing makes clear, have now endured years of separation and that researchers were presuming that about two-thirds of the parents now being sought are back in their home countries. And that uh, many of those working with separated families said the federal government had put one obstacle after another in reuniting families. But it gets worse because actually in uh, an, an kind of a more recent article that was in November on NBC, <laughs> apparently that that number of the 545 is not quite right, but that lawyers can't find the parents of 666 migrant kids, which I think is, is weird. Is that number correct? I know, because I mean, when I saw that 666, I was like, okay, but, guys. <laughs> on, an off, on an off note, that's the same number as the PlayStation storage, but it's 6667. Because oh, I think they try okay. to get well, rid of that. When I see that number, my Christian roots of <laughs> uh, but I think, <laughs> get I think alerted a lot of people, there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are 
scared of that number. Yeah. I don't think it's just Christian based. I think other people are scared of it too. So, but <laughs> no matter what, whether the number is 667 like or 660, whatever that the, the deal is, there's even more children than over 500. We're now in the 600, nearly 700 children, uh, who are essentially separated from their parents and that the, tr- the current leadership's uh, administration imposed a zero tolerance policy on the U.S. slash Mexico border between April and June of 2018, which, oh, that's a new thing, which under, under, under which undocumented migrant parents and children were separated. So prior to the border wide zero tolerance policy, the current administration tested family separation in a pilot program in the El Paso sector. The vast wow. majority of the children referenced in the email obtained by NBC News were separated during this pilot program, but the total also includes some children who were separated under the zero tolerance policy. So that's really unfortunate. And then NBC goes on to explain that our president-elect Joe Biden has committed to establishing a government task force that would work to reunite all migrant families separated by the current administration policies. But according to two sources familiar with the incoming administration's planning on migrant immigration, Biden has so far not decided whether separated parents will be given the opportunity to come to the U.S. to reunite with their children and pursue claims to asylum. So that's not so ideal either, because if the children are here, then one would think that then the parents would be able to come here and they both could come together and then also potentially apply to be able to be here because there was a reason why the children were here and they wanted to come here. So I guess more to be seen on that. But I think the, the most concerning thing is that we have these little children, over 600 children, nearly 700 children that are not with their parents, that these are young people who have done nothing wrong <laughs> other than be alive uh, and and they're being essentially tortured, right? Because that would be torture if you were separated from your family at a young age. You don't speak the, not presumably that you don't speak the language here and you don't even know how to like advocate for yourself and you're too little to advocate for yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just horrified actually. It's just, but the situation, think about it, it seems super complex because all right, yeah. they're separated. So now their parents are somewhere in another country. How do we link them up? I mean, we're going to go to the other country and say, is this your kid? Is this your kid? Is this your kid? This is horrible. See how it seems like it's a really rough situation. And then if you can't find the parents, what do you do? Do you just put the kids in some foster care in Mexico or something? You say, hey, government, take... Like, I don't know. It's a strange situation because I don't... What, what That's I would, why that shouldn't have never happened. They should have never been separated from their parents. They should have always gone together with their family. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, and, it, <laughs> and if you want to send them back, then send them back. Send but you them do all not, back. You yeah, don't why separate, you separate children from their parents. Like I don't know what the purpose horrible. of that is. Even though I mean, what is it trying to? Oh, to you torture. And it's, oh, it's, you know it's, it's, a, it's a deter. To deter. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you come here, you're going to lose your kids. And that's I mean, but it's weird a because rough consequence. <laughs> it's then it's like all right, so we're going to take your kids and we're going to put them in less than foster care circumstances. But what I mean, what's the per? That, that's not good for us to do. No, it's, it's costing not. us money and, and, it, it's, and too. It's, and there's also complications, a right? To like, it I mean, human I didn't life go into some hurt. of the articles there, but I have heard in the news of you know kind of atrocities that have oh, happened yeah, to these children, like rape and molestation and things like that. So well, yeah, we know they're not going to treat them right. Yeah, you know, and then also the this conditions is, is you know sleeping on a concrete floor with that kind of foil covering. Not being able to I don't to think shower, children should be using like, these, these ploys to teach people to not do something. Yeah, the something. adults. I don't because think you're punishing a, adults through their children, that's not, which is sick. That's inhumane, really. To Correct. use the kids for that, that's... 
Adults are one thing, but kids is, come on. I know. That's not really great. It's horrible. And that needs to be, that should have been talked about a lot more mm-hmm. about that zero. T- I didn't know about the zero tolerance policy. Never heard about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing. But, you know, I'll talk about something else that people probably don't mm-hmm. know much about. And it's about the border wall, actually, that's okay. there. That, you know, we were told Mexico would pay for that. But something else happened. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go quite as planned and quite as explained by our present administration. Uh, according to an ABC article, the Trump administration, they filed 75 lawsuits in the last six months to seize private land along the U.S.-Mexico border for the border wall forcing people to choose between their health and their home. The majority... All right, and before I move on, so you see what happened? They wanted to build this wall, but they're actually kicking people out of their house. <laughs> Instead of dealing yeah. with COVID, these people are losing their homes that are near their border wall. The government's seizing it just to, like, I build guess, build wall. something there. Yeah. Went at, mm-hmm. at spots that there was nothing That's horrible. prior. Instead of like just letting them kind of shelter in place, like what are they wow. going to do now? They don't have a home. They got to find some place to live. I mean, that's kind of messed up, especially crazy. do it now in 2020. Why are they? That's that. That's the. That's not the important. priority right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's messed up. And then the majority of the construction it replaces just the old dilapidated barriers with an updated, more enhanced system. And only a small portion of the new construction has gone up in areas where there was no wall previously. So it's not this big, we're building completely brand new walls. It was only a couple of miles of that. And then it was just reinforcing what was already there. It's not, you know, it was nothing like what was explained before. And like I said, it's hurting people that lived around that area. And that's, that's not right. This is not, it's like, we're focusing on the wrong things, right? Why don't we focus on the children that we've separated Mm. instead of building this thing up and just repairing that. Why don't we repair our infrastructure first, right? (laughs) Not this border wall. Yeah. Is what's happening at the border a big deal for the average citizen in the U S so personally, you know, I would say no, because for the news that I do consume and you know, I don't necessarily consume every minute of every different news outlet. But what I have seen, I hear things about Thanksgiving and I hear things about celebrities and I hear things about food and I hear things about travel. But I do not hear people up in arms talking about the the separated children at the border. I do not hear people up in arms about the wall uh, that is not really being built uh, and but that people are losing their homes for. Right. Like so personally, unless I'm missing something, I do not think that it is being piped up a lot on the media, which then means because human beings, we spend so much time consuming content through media, through social media and things like that, that if it's not a public conversation, then it's not a public matter. And thus it's not a big deal for anyone. But as a person of color, I know I might not be Mexican, but I am a person who (laughs) is very empathetic to black and brown issues. I mean, all people's issues, but especially black and brown people's issues. And then especially young children who are innocent creatures on this earth that are only here due to the actions of others, right? Children did not ask to come here. Parents made that happen. And 
for people to be done, for our government and our administration to have done this to uh, not only people not who are who are not our citizens, but to another nation's people, uh, is I just I, I have no words. I'm just horrified. I'm horrified and and really ashamed of of that action because it's I just imagine what these children are feeling every day that they are away from their mom and dad. Like I just. I don't know. I like this is the best we can do, right? Like this is this nation can do so much and we have such incredible abilities to heal and to enhance this world and this is what we're spending our time doing. It's very confusing to me. Yeah, our time and money is going towards <laughs> you know that, but it's mm. I think the issue is for the average citizen, there's a lot of other things to consider right now that are at the forefront of society. Yeah. Number one being the pandemic, like people's yes. health. And yes. we always know health is like number one. Well, so yes. that's that's the thing. That's gonna definitely be at the front of their minds. The second thing is unjust policing. That's been I mean, that's been yeah. going on for a long time, but now it's like right in your face. How are we gonna deal with this? What are we gonna do to make changes? Uh third thing is the rioting that's going on because there's protests, but some people are taking advantage of the protesting and rioting and looting. So some people, that's like a, well, I mean, think about it. If they're rioting your business, that's a really oh big deal, right? That's huge. No, that's, <laughs> that's not that's cool. crazy that that's happening yeah, in that's, 2020. I never it shouldn't, even, thought it sh- it shouldn't be a risk, but it is actually there. There's some messed up people out there that are just trying to ride the backs of like actual social change yeah. and just to do their, you know, their madness. Of course. Another thing is fascism because some people are going way too nuts for the leadership and say that that's all that counts. Screw everything. I just gotta, I'm gonna listen to the fearless leader and don't care about anybody else. Mm. And uh, the other thing that goes along with some of the other stuff that I think average citizens are thinking about now are the proud boys and white supremacy because that's making kind of a comeback, if you will, I guess, in terms of being well, spoken about. The sentiment about. of racism is it's always, high. Yeah, it, it just seems like high, now it's high, a little high. bit more in your face. We can kind of speak for it and we get support from some government officials as well. Well, like public I think support. that people, yeah, people, so people, <laughs> people used to okay. be afraid, a little bit more afraid, I think, because they, they used they to kind of hit in the shadows at they one used point. to behave more outward like this, right? Yeah, first and they were we outward. Had the civil rights movement, right? Which yeah. shut that down a bit, but be- now. It became morally wrong at one point. Yeah. And then, and we had more people who were like, wait a minute, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. But now it seems like, you know, what, well, when you have people say, you know, there's good people on both sides, then it changes the narrative. It changes the conversation, right? So yeah. if you can have good people on any side of racism racist or not racist then it yeah then it opens the door to racism (laughs) and it being very much more public in your face you're listening to woke and free 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 a podcast about being real and honest this is a little bit off topic but i think the problem is is those words probably shouldn't have been used because technically we talked about it there's People aren't no just absolutely evil, evil, right? Yeah. So technically, yes, white supremacists can. Evil, you can still technically do a good deed. Yeah. Right? Like, and then there was, yes. I, we saw one story about a man that went around talking to grandmasters and changing and their was hearts. Able to change, yeah, so yeah, does yeah, that yeah. mean that they were actually just straight up bad, evil people? No, it just meant they had wrong ideals. Yeah. I know some people, <laughs> and yeah, and, if, and you know, after they've done certain acts, you can't ever forgive them. Yes. But I mean, we're supposed to forgive, right? You, forgiveness yeah, it's is hard, though. Possible. I understand when you've been wronged and they, you know, families been hurt or tortured by that. It's going to be hard, but technically we're supposed to all be forgiving, right? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, forgiveness,
forgiveness is for you. It's not for anyone else. And so that's why you should always forgive and open your heart to forgiveness because it frees you from hatred. And the more you have hatred in your heart, it's, it's like self poisoning, yeah. right? So it's not healthy. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, again, that moral conversation, as you like to say, it's a hard conversation to have because it depends on who you're talking to. Oh, what yeah. Moral Definitely. stance you have. But at the end of the day, we need to people to understand that racism. Hate is wrong. Yeah. Hate, like, that's just the first thing. Hatred is wrong. <laughs> just black and white. We're talking about these are human rights violations. So what's yeah. happening to these children at, at the U.S. border, this is a human rights violation. What happens to black and brown people in this nation, it's a human rights violation. And we have think- to see each other past our colors we have yeah. to see it as human rights violations and maybe then people can have a bit more compassion right because maybe you don't connect or support with black and brown people but do you support with human rights violations right like can you understand that that's not okay and then we can do something about it yeah definitely mm-hmm. so now i guess the i think the obvious next question would be you know like what is there to do as a u.s citizen like as a regular person you don't necessarily have to be political in nature or be you know an advocate or uh you know like fight the (laughs) fight the powers that be but just a regular person what can they do in this situation especially with what's happening at the u.s border a great resource I found was the ACLU. And that's the American Civil Liberties Union. Yes. And they provide a couple of things that we can actually do as American citizens. We can first call Congress to cut funds for DHS, mm. which is Department of Homeland Security. Yes. We can support ACLU partners, which we provide a link to in the episode mm-hmm. notes. And you can also listen to their podcast where cool. they'll, I didn't know they had a podcast, but they, I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> I know. Everybody has podcasts now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to that, they can, they're probably giving you more tips on how you can help support them and mm-hmm. help end this nonsense that's going on. Mm. You can show up and raise your voice at events, which you can actually create on your own that uh, through their website so cool. you can go on their website and, and sign up create events nice. and yeah. i guess it's it's promoted on their website so that's that amazing people can actually show up to it based wow. on that and then you could also print a poster to Love raise this. your awareness you can and put that on your car and stuff yeah and yeah people some people put that on their lawn depending on mm. your hoa rules you might be able to do that you might yeah. not but you know, the, those are a couple ways that they provide. Those that are you great can do. suggestions. Fantastic. All right. Well, another link that you'll be able to find in the episode is to a FYD article where they talk about five specific ways that people can help children at the border. Uh, one would be to donate to the organizations providing food, shelter, health care, and other critical services to asylum seekers recently released from detention. Uh, why is this a need? They And what's great about this article is they give you the, the action item and then the why, right? And so I'll try to get through as much of this as possible. The why is because the current administration has exploited the current pandemic crisis to separate families through the expulsion of more than 159,000 people, including 8,800 children at the border and has tried to accelerate the deportation of unaccompanied minors already in the U.S. even faster, rather than letting them reunite with a family while pursuing their asylum cases. Additionally, the current administration has used the public health crisis to force parents into making an impossible choice of either waiving their florist agreement rights and continuing to suffer while detained in family incarceration or being separated from their children. Sickening. Families frequently struggle to locate health services, food, and other basic needs, and they may find it difficult to connect with their family members who may already be living in the U.S. So that's 
a big why as to that how that support could help. Another thing is you can help asylum-seeking children and families access legal services by donating to partner organizations, providing legal services to children and families who are navigating this kind of broken asylum system in the U.S., why? Because again, similar, uh, the, you know, after someone seeking asylum demonstrates to a federal officer that they have a credible fear of persecution in their home country, they are scheduled for a court hearing to make their case for asylum. And winning an asylum case is extraordinarily difficult with a high bar for evidence and a great deal of legal techni- technicalities. So unfortunately, the U.S. does not provide access to court appointed counsel to immigrants facing deportation who are unable to afford a lawyer. Wow. Oh, interesting. So when families and children seeking asylum have of legal representation, their chance of success at making their case increases significantly. Access to counsel also ensures that they keep their court dates and follow through on the process. In fact, research shows that 99% of asylum seekers with legal representation report to their court hearing. So by the mere fact of just being able to support organizations that can help give them the legal representation they need, they're much further along in the process, which is critical for what they're trying to do. Uh, number three is suggested that you can demand Congress and the inhumane policies fueling the crisis at the border by contacting your member of Congress and demand that they work to provide a humane orderly process for immigrants at the border that protects their ability to lawfully seek asylum. And after you've made your call, consider donating to a local organization advocating for immigrant families. And another, uh, thing you can do is to also show your support for immigrant families and encourage your friends and family to join you on this journey. So take the hashtag for our families pledge and commit to fighting for a more prosperous country for all of us. Why is this needed? They suggest the following. To solve this crisis, we must go beyond just reversing the damage done over the last four years. We must transform <laughs> our years. entire immigration system. For our families, uh, this pathway forward and the pathway to rebuilding a more prosperous country for everyone must start by creating the ability for the 11 million undocumented immigrants to become citizens. It's vital for the success of all American families so that everyone can fully contribute in the place we call home, which we definitely support, you know, if they're able to continue to thrive here and make this nation a better place, pay pay their taxes, do what they need to do and live a better life here. I don't understand why anyone would be opposed to that Racism. because yes, but it's it's just <laughs> but it's sickening That's because America was founded off of people fleeing from issues so, from another nation and we want remember, and, and and this nation doesn't belong to one new, face though. or one color it belongs to migrants immigrants the whole nation was formed from immigrants yeah, so and was stolen from the natives if you look at right? the history so, though there were many times where americans <laughs> have blocked immigration from different countries many times we blocked Asians from coming in, certain Europeans. But they're are gonna blocked make the nation points. better. The more diverse you are, the more That's innovation true. you have, the more beautiful connections you can have with different cultures and different foods. I just I don't understand what is people what's wrong it's with people's history, hearts. Yeah. Like, you know, why would you want to say no to someone who wants to come here and wants to do right by their family and is gonna make this place a better place? Because it's, it's the same rhetoric. It's that if they come, they're gonna take your jobs. That, kind that of means that if they're crime. taking the job, it's because no one applied for it here, that's right? Trick, like that's right? the yeah, thing that they, 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 people yeah. come here and they're so grateful to have any opportunity. And people here don't want to. Some people don't want to do nothing. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's a sick rhetoric, and <laughs> you know, it's it's. I don't know. I I I hope that we can that with our new administration that we can not only have healing that addresses kind of what's happening to black and brown people in this nation, but that we really like kind of like what this FYD 
articles suggesting that we we really attack the healing for immigrants who are trying to come here and join our nation because we need to welcome. We need to welcome people with open arms, give them the resources that they need to thrive so that they can be a part of our community and we can make this nation as big and as grand as possible. Like... Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. And then the last one is dem- demand presidential candidates commit to humane treatments of immigrants. So what you can do is contact the candidates you support and are interested in and make sure that you want them to commit to ending mass incarceration of families seeking asylum and instead advance a humane and orderly process for those seeking asylum at the border that ensures due process. So to rebuild from this current pandemic that we're dealing with, we'll need our leaders to commit to, again, building this pathway for the 11 million undocumented in- immigrants uh, <laughs> and uh, making sure that we continue to pay close attention in all political election cycles, not just the presidential election, but uh, that we just went through, but like our upcoming election cycles that our local uh, representatives and upwards, right? As, as, far up and as far down on the channel that they are all playing whoever plays a role in dealing with immigration that they're doing the right thing by these people because they're human beings and like i mentioned before human rights violations are not okay regardless of the color (laughs) or skin of whoever is involved or country involved we're all human beings and we all deserve to be treated equally and with respect and with dignity because that is what it is to be a human being I just want more people to pay taxes. I think that's good too. And they and they <laughs> and they show the that system. there are people who who are illegal immigrants <laughs> who bad. do pay like to, you know like the so it's like it's I don't know the rhetoric of like people are coming here and just like sitting on the backs of others is not true. It is not. But uh yeah, I mean I think with all of those different uh different recommendations. I feel like people should have a lot. Definitely. Again, you'll be able to find the links to what we talked about in the episode at wokenfree.com. Here we go. Yo, here we go. Yo. So what's a, what's a, what's the scenario? It's scenario time, guys. Scenario one, Torrance thinks the DHS department of Homeland security are just in all of their practices and are keeping Americans safe from the dangerous criminals trying to cross the borders. He says, there's no proof that people are being mistreated. What evidence can people bring forward to show Torrance that there are children being treated inhumanely at the border? Wow, that would be a really sad sentiment if someone had really thought that. But I'm sure there are several people, if not millions of people, who think that. Oh, yeah, and definitely. Both of those sentiments. So there's several different resources. He can get in touch with the ACLU. He can get in touch with some of these partner organizations that work on behalf of these immigrant families and children. They can show them uh, if anything is of for public knowledge, they could show them video, they could show him uh, cases and information regarding it. He himself as well could, uh, you know, see if I don't know if there is any way to I don't think you can like go to the border and see anything. But uh, like, I don't think he would be allowed to inside. But, uh, you know, also just reading and understanding that so hundreds and hundreds of children are being separated from their families currently and for a while not like a day but like we're at years now at this point uh so that in and of itself that tidbit of information is proof in and of itself of inhumane and uh (laughs) wrongful action taken against children and adults so if he can't see that then his heart is is troubled and he needs to really think about how he's defining what's inhumane and what's wrong 
Yeah, I think the, there is some proof out there. I, mm-hmm. uh, you could actually do some research yourself and find some of the footage. It might not be like on the popular news sites, but you can yeah. take to Twitter and do some searches and follow some people that are actually following along because... There was, I remember at one point, there was footage released yes, at some point. Yes, it was sickening about what, just happened. Like what I saw. Yeah. So I think there definitely is evidence there. Just do the research and find it if you don't believe just hearing the words. But you can mm-hmm. find that in, in the age of the internet. If anything was published, it's always there. Mm-hmm. Scenario two. Laurel has a large family of six and two grandparents living under one roof. She thinks that nothing is happening at the borders anymore since the mainstream media has stopped discussing it. Would it be a good idea for her to research what is happening there or focus on the immediate pressures the pandemic has placed on her family? Oh, it's a tough question. So I think it's not a one or the other. I think that to be a, a, a concerned citizen, you have to kind of be aware of what's going on, not only just immediately to you and your kin, but also to the the bigger world and community that you're a part of. And and like I said earlier in the episode, we, you know, I'm not of Mexican descent, but I cared. I, I give a damn about what's happening to these poor people uh, at, at the border. And it's because my heart breaks for anyone who's in distress. And, you know, because I do view the world as a place that when one hurts, all hurts. And when one win, all win. And so if more people could understand by literally just like you said doing research just googling right you don't you can use your phone you can use your tablets you can get on a computer you don't have to go anywhere uh, and risk your health to learn more about what's happening but yeah i don't fault laurel for not knowing what's like that the border is there's still a crisis there because like we said earlier who's talking about it so <laughs> i i could understand the kind of naivety naive uh, want to be like, oh, everything's totally copacetic, guys. Like it's fine, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's definitely not. And uh, and unfortunately, so much of life requires that you kind of do your due diligence, regardless of what's being told to you. And so Laurel's going to have to do some digging if, if to confirm that her beliefs of whether or not things are okay or not. And she will sadly be, you know, uh, disappointed when she does some research. And then also she needs to, you know, look into whatever she needs to do to make sure that her family is doing well in this pandemic, which is what so many of us have to do. We have to be concerned about what's going on politically, uh, medically, uh, career wise. Like we, that's, you know, life is not easy. (laughs) It's not just like, okay, I'm just going to do one thing. Yeah, that's true. But we all are, you know, the same way, we look this up we also have to look up ways to protect ourselves through the pandemic it's just this is our new normal yeah that's true i think it's definitely a good idea for her to do some research to see what's going on seeing how she could do just like the one at least the one step mentioned about contacting congress and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> saying that hey you, you're not you don't agree with what's happening there let yeah. your let the local leaders know you know don't definitely. don't just like let things happen and Try to hold them accountable for things. Yes. I think now is a great time since there's new people taking seats. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of the old guard is changing. So this is a great time to actually contact your congressman. Like when it'll be fresh in their head, you know, they're right there instead of like later on when they're like bogged down with stuff. Do it now in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. get that. At, so they'll know like, oh, yeah, we got to actually Tackle work this. on this. Yeah. So it's definitely something you can do while still being safe during the pandemic. 
because we're not telling you to like drive to the border or no. try to see what's going on and like hold up signs there. No, that, that wouldn't no. make sense. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. But there, we mentioned all the ways that she could actually help after mm-hmm. doing her research. Scenario three. Makia works at a large retail outlet in the southwest of the USA. She was really close to a co-worker that recently was deported during her company's annual audit. Should she go visit her co-worker since she was close to that particular individual? Or is it best not to deal with people involved in these types of situations? Another really rough question. Even the phrasing of that is really rough. Uh, I think Makia is going to need to do some research to figure out if uh so now are you suggesting oh was deported like so sent away to the country sent back to their origin. home country okay. yeah uh and and you're and this is during covid times right just to be clear yeah okay uh so you know makia if makia had a relationship with this person i think just because the person was deported doesn't mean that the the relationship needs to end however makia needs to think about makia's health conditions uh during covid19 to determine if it makes sense to travel for makia and makia's health conditions whatever they may be we're all on different health journeys in our lives and then also is the country where the friend were is now there does is are they open because some countries are not allowing visitors during covid or have locked down travel like you know there's a lot going on in this world so you you would have to i would say the best bet would be to try to stay in touch first digitally like through email and then maybe do some Zoom, like video conferencing and then, you know, kind of monitor what's going on with the pandemic to then make a determination if it makes sense to see each other in person. But the friendship shouldn't end just because the person was deported. I think that would be a really poor friendship decision making if you just can't be friends because you're deported. Like, I, I don't know why I couldn't be your friend if you just, I don't know. I mean, I understand that the person was not truthful about their uh, legal status in the nation, but I, there's reasons for that, like that people do that. It's not like they're like, you know, I don't think people, I think people come here illegally because they're trying to seek a better life for themselves. They don't intend to be a, a live a life of lies, but you know, we don't make it easy <laughs> for people yeah. to migrate here legally. So it's, you know, it's challenging. Does it mean that, does it mean that person is a forever bad person or that you can't, that person has no good qualities? Absolutely not. So if you still love that person, if you still care for that person, then still maintain a relationship with that well, person. Well, remember, we're still living out of fear of not wanting to have criminals and terrorists come into our country and become citizens. So yeah. I think that's one of the big factors that scares a but lot of people. But the overwhelming majority of people who I know come that's here if you look at the percentage, within, it's not. And, and most of the terrorist acts that have taken place in this country are uh, domestic oh, yeah, terrorists. Domestic's the most. So yeah. it's people born in this wonderful that's nation. That's the interesting thing. Is so the, that's actually the worst ones. Get your life a little offenders. bit. Get your life. Yeah. <laughs> and your thoughts on, on Makia's situation? My thoughts are Makia has to take a look into her family background and make sure. That everybody's legal or else if she gets involved with this co-worker, I don't know if the DHS would start looking into her and her family. Oh, that's an interesting so perspective. I would, I, would, I would try not to go visit there, but maybe just keep in contact over like phone calls maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't want to reveal my identity to the DHS if I was Makia. 
That's just, I mean, that's my If two Mickey cents. is not a U.S. citizen. And no, but she can be. But what if her family's not? And they, they I, look into her background and they I, find that out and they say, hey, you know, I mean, I don't know what tactics they can pull. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, no, I that makes sense. I think she needs to be careful. Just make sure make sure her ducks are See, in order. That's, that's before, so sad to me. You know, getting. Like that we have to, to like visit. test human connection because of like these arbitrary rules set in place around like migration. Like People will migration ruin your life because of, of the you rules. Know I mean? Because like, you know, from. Friends, good friends are really hard to come by, and I just think that we need to value human life and human connection over anything. It's the most paramount, important thing in this world, that ability to find people that are like you, that can make your life better. Because the, if you have, whether your network is one or a million, if you have those rightful, those right people in your life, you can accomplish so much more. And I just think that we need to celebrate that in every aspect of law in our, our nation and our, in our world, because... You know, that just seems sad. Like, oh, careful if you can be friends. Like, that seems so sad. <laughs> yeah, careful. Like, <laughs> well, if your friend gets mixed up with the government and, you know. That just seems so sad. Illicit activity kind of like, thing. Like, what if that, it's, I don't know. It gets wow. a little rough. I, okay. Well. Yeah. You just, you got to think about it. I mean, if, if you. That just seems crazy. It's a, it's If you're hanging out with dogs with fleas and you don't, you're going to get the fleas too, most likely. I mean, it, I don't like, like that, that analogy in this scenario, but. Uh, I know. It's, it's sad, but. I understand what you're you saying, know, but I just think backlash. ultimately we, yeah, we we've got to do something. We've got to work on this, guys. We can be we can be better. Like <laughs> we can do so much. We can be better here. Now we are at that time again. It's crazy, right? It's coming to the end of our 168th episode of Woke, Woke and, and Free. Wow. Quite the episode discussing what's going on at the border. Will we leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we will be meeting author Britt East. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please submit a topic for an upcoming episode. Definitely for 2021, guys. We're not adding more folks to the the, the lineup for 2020. Uh, and make sure you do that on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. That is W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. When it comes to social media, you can easily find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and TikTok, guys, at Woken Free. And then, of course, if you're interested in any collaborations or sponsorships, I'll say it again. Contact us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time. We are here for all people everywhere.